Hello, everybody. Welcome to the SoxProspects.com podcast. We are the web's number one source for information on the Boston Red Sox farm system from top to bottom, from Fort Myers to Pawtucket, and all stops in between. Thank you for the listen. My name is Chris Hatfield. I am the executive editor of Sox Prospects, and I'm joined for this edition of the podcast, which I guess we'll call the putting our headphones in at the last minute slash sometimes friends fight over fantasy baseball slash more importantly, we're heading to spring training in about a week edition of the podcast. Director of scouting, Ian Kundal. A lot going on right here, man. Um, let's focus on the baseball stuff and maybe on the headphone stuff and less on the fact that you hate me right now. Yeah, no, that was that was awkward. I realized that the very last second I didn't have my headphones in. <laughs> this is why we do video now. Yeah. So that and I can you see when you're scrambling. and Scrambling I can, <laughs> to try and get them in. <laughs> and I can vamp. Um, good job. Good job. Thank well, you. we made it work. Um, yeah, so it's snowing up there. It's about 60 degrees down here, but you know where it's nicer? Fort Myers. And we're going to be there soon. How are you feeling about that? I'm looking forward to warm weather. I'm sick and tired of the winter. I don't care for it at all. It's uh-huh. too cold. I'm done with winter. It's time for baseball. It's time. Yeah, people don't like the weather talk, but we're, we're just ready to get down there, man. It's, uh, it's time. I'm ready to see some players out on the backfields. I'm ready to see... I'm ready to eat some pizza next door. I'm ready to eat. Actually, should we? Maybe, maybe we can get some somber music in here. Maybe, um, you know, like the, the Undertaker theme song. If if you can find it, uh, Joe. But um, no, that's illegal copyright. Brahma Sushi, Ian. Yeah, is, whatever. Is gone. It, it's gone. It's yeah. gone. Yeah. I mean, yes, I was the one who broke that news to you. <laughs> it was. It was. It's a somber moment. Yeah, but I think so, we're gonna just we're gonna try something new this year. We're doing some research. Mike's on it. Mike's good at this stuff. Um, Mike's a sushi aficionado. Well, just I mean, with the kind of like making making plans for everybody move. Yeah, we'll figure it out. He's all over it. We'll make it work. But um, yeah, Brahma sushi. So, I would say yeah. we hardly knew you, but we knew you very well. Um, yeah, the thing is, people don't really care about that. What they care about is that baseball is going on and the Red Sox are losing true. games. So that's we should true. probably. Complaint, right? We shouldn't have an eight-minute intro about the EPL, huh? Um, yeah, so we've got – this is our, our Sox Prospects spring training trip preview. So what we're going to talk about today is we're going to go through what's been going on in big league camp. Uh, there's certainly a lot of players in the Sox Prospects rankings, guys who we care about who are up in major league camp. Michael Chavis and Darwins and Hernandez Ian, might be the stories of camp so far honestly yeah it's been uh it's been exciting watching them play yeah so you know as the kind of as the guys who were playing into october last year are slowly ramping up there's been a number of Sox prospects getting a lot of run we're going to talk about those guys and then we're going to just preview position by position what we're looking for heading into spring training at at, sorry minor league spring training as we go down to camp we're going to be down there again from march 20th through march the 24th um, which is the Sunday, so that's Wednesday to Sunday. Uh, actually, Ian, you're there on the Wednesday. Um, yeah, I then, get there Wednesday for the afternoon. Yep, and then Mike and I come in that night, and we'll be there Thursday through Sunday. Um, we don't know if anything's going to be happening on Sunday, but we'll at least have reports from the other days that we're down there, uh, hoping to see pretty much most of the guys uh, in camp at least once in game action. Uh, we've got Twins days, two of the days. Um, we've got a camp day on Sunday. 
We don't know if they'll be doing anything. One day Sarasota, so I don't think we'll be making that trip. We might. Who knows? Uh, but we'll probably not be making the trip to Sarasota, so hopefully there'll be some good stuff going on at the backfields of Fort Myers that day. Um, so it'll be, a good, it'll be a good trip, Ian. I'm excited. Hopefully you are all excited. Um, and we've got one really good podcast email uh, that comes to us from Ian. Uh, is it Ian? Yeah, it's Ian, right? Yeah, his name's Ian, so you'll like that, Ian. You're welcome. I sent it. <laughs> no, you didn't. I know. <laughs> that's way too much effort. Yeah, but Ian McDonald uh, has sent us a podcast question that's really good. Uh, as always, if you, want, if you want to send in a question, we want to talk about what you want to hear about, hit us up at podcast at SoxProspects.com. And, of course, as always, we want to give a shout-out to our $5 level Patreon supporters. That'd be Sox Signatures, Kirby Miller, Kyle Costigan, Tyler Woodrow, Jeff Trainer, David Nardone, Tim Harding, Ernest Shermer, Bill Stanton, Deb Kendall, Evan Kirkwood, Chris Fox, James O'Hara, Nathan Kenyon, Andrew Wallen, Lendl Martin, and Joe Corkery. Thank you to all our $5 level Patreon supporters and all of our supporters on Patreon. And, actually, we've got a, a, a kind of announcement. Um, we've kind of been alluding to this. Over the past few weeks, or past few episodes, so I think that's probably months, um, we're adding a really neat perk for our Patreon supporters, uh, and that is, we're calling them, I guess, game recaps. So what that'll be, and we're going to start this in spring training, is if one of us goes to a game, we're going to record a really short recap of what we saw that night. Um, this is not necessarily going to be information exclusive to Patreon, um, but however, the ability to listen to this information as it's posted, will be exclusive to our supporters on Patreon at the $2 level. Uh, so, for example, Ian goes and sees the Portland Sea Dogs, let's say, up in Manchester. That night, he's going to record 10 minutes on his phone. We're going to upload it to Patreon, exclusive to our Patreon supporters, and uh, the Patreon supporters will be able to listen to that. That bit of audio, unless we, like, a little later down the line, decide to do, we, we, you know, we might do kind of a preview or something. But for the most part, that particular audio will be exclusive to Patreon. Um, not saying we're not going to talk about later what Ian saw on an episode of the podcast, right? But we will make that audio exclusive for Patreon supporters um, to listen to before anyone else does. Um, another example, and this is when we're first going to debut it, is while we are down in Fort Myers, at the end of the day, we're going to record... 10, 15 minutes, uh, it'll be the two, three, four, five of us in a hotel room talking about what we saw. It's not going to be the spring training recap podcast, uh, but that night we'll throw it up on Patreon with what we saw that day, highlights. Um, you know, we've got a couple guys down there with us and Jim Dunn and Mike Reynolds who aren't necessarily guys you've heard from. Maybe we'll get their take as kind of the maybe not spring training experts. How'd you like what you saw? What was interesting to you? So again, these will be available to our supporters on Patreon who are pledging uh, to support us at $2 per episode. Um, we record 15, 20 times a year, so it, it's, it's $2 per episode for that many episodes. Um, but that will unlock exclusive access to these game recaps. Um, well, and the game recaps, to be clear, don't count as an episode Right. dollar wise they're just a yeah perk for yeah you're not going to get charged for those good call ian very very yeah. good point just want to so make that gonna, clear yep very good point so you're not going to get charged they're going to be those are going to be free to patreon supporters who pledge a certain amount per episode um, well and i think if you look at like when we discuss the games that we go to on the podcast too we kind of focus more on the big players like mm -hmm. this will be an opportunity to hear more about some of the maybe the yeah. lesser prospects or the guys like frankly we don't really talk about it on the podcast but you know i'll go to a game and there'll be a couple guys have really bad days we'll just gloss out we won't really talk about them on the podcast 
this is your chance to hear, you know, what's going on with them too. So it will, it'll be, I think more diverse, you know, mm-hmm. we'll get, I'll get the chance to touch on more guys and yeah, me kind of give, give, give like a more detailed um, breakdown versus we're on the podcast. You know, we kind of have to be more general since we don't want to take up too much time. Exactly. You know, when I'm at, you know, a three game series in Potomac, I can come back and talk about, um, you know, Hey, I was in Potomac tonight. Uh, Cutter Crawford pitched. Here's what I saw. Maybe get into more of the minutia of, you know, 85 pitches, 50 strikes, you know, um, through three featured as fastball here. Yeah strikeouts yeah. with these pitches just kind of the nitty-gritty nuts and bolts stuff that mm-hmm. you know we would love to be able to put out but it's a lot easier in an audio format yeah, whereas so. i could say something like last year when i'm in salem noticing like hey you know what chris chris madera can go pick it in the outfield he's a guy that's going to stick around the system for a while potentially as as one of these org guys who they know can go play the position in center field um so that's something like that so game recaps coming to you and for at least spring training it's going to be kind of our pilot program It'll be available to $2 supporters and up uh, of our Patreon supporters. So if you're interested, check it out, patreon.com slash Sox Prospects. Um, you know, the game recaps in the future, you know, we're, we're trying this out. We're seeing how people like them. You can always adjust your pledge. Um, after you start pledging, you can always, um, you know, stop a, pl- a pledge that once you donate. There's no commitment or anything to that. But And really, like, one thing that you should keep in mind is this is not taking away any content. Uh, that'll be on the free podcast. This is really just adding content. We want to, you know, reward our loyal patrons on patreon.com uh, who who support the show. And we thought this would be another neat way to do that. So hopefully you'll check it out. Patreon.com slash socks prospects. So Ian, let's, uh, let's get the content started though. Shall we? A um, lot going on in camp. Let's start there. Mm-hmm. Honestly, to me, and I don't know if you agree with me, tell me if you agree, the two biggest stories at camp are Michael Chavis and Darwin's and Hernandez. Does that oh, sound I right thought, to you? I thought we were going to talk about the five-game spring training losing streak because that's <laughs> I, got, I got alarm bells going off everywhere. That's not, that's not the big event. No, I'm just I don't think it is. Um, I agree. It's, I, I think it's those two have been the focus. There's mm-hmm. a couple other guys who have been interesting, but they're definitely turning heads in kind of ways that I think with Darwin's in we could have foreseen – for me, the Shavis one is a little more surprising. Is but, it? Let's start there. I mean, so Michael Shavis in 11 games, 22 at-bats. He's got four home runs. He leads the team, although those four home runs probably came in the first five or six games. Um, it would be interesting to get a split on his numbers because they're kind of going spring down. Spring training splits. <laughs> yeah, spring training splits. Um, but he's hitting 273, 333, 818 slugging. Um, like I said, we said four bombs, th- 10 RBIs. Only six strikeouts and 22 at-bats, which I'm okay with. That's the thing that's most surprising to me. But then again, it's one of these, like, who is he facing? Right. And, you know, if you go to Baseball Reference, and maybe I can pull this up while, while you talk about it, but Baseball Reference does have a, um, a, a metric of spring training. Uh, who you, oh, who you like who against. you're facing? Yeah. yeah. So it's like out of 10. So let me see if I can pull it up in the meantime. So 2019 season... 2019 spring training stats. Okay. So Shavis's spring training opponent quality has been 6.2. Is that good or bad? That's not very high. It's out of 10. So compare that with Xander Bogarts is is 8.3. Yeah. Well, Um, I think part of that's probably because Bogarts' face shares are like three times already. So, well, but that's, but it's like when you start games, you're usually facing like an MLB quality. Yeah. Right. Whereas like, Josh Tobias has played in one game. His opponent quality is 4.6, probably because he faced some single-A guy. Yeah. 
Well, I, and I think with Chavis, the first thing that is worth mentioning is this is his first spring training in three years. Think about that. Is it? He, last no. year? Well, no, because he got suspended during camp last year. Right, but he was injured last year in spring training. Oh, he was injured. Yeah, the injured. oblique. And then yeah, the, the year oblique. before, he missed issue, He missed all of spring training with the elbow injury. Elbow, right. So, yeah. so he has, this is his first spring training in three I years. I forgot about that. Good point. Yeah. So it's like one of those things where it's it's just good to see him out there, frankly, and yep. just getting consistent reps because he's missed these at bats and these you know these couple of weeks of you know the grind of spring training they call it. But for him, I mean, I'm sure it's a welcome, you know, welcoming. It's nice to be out there again. And obviously, the home runs are all well and good. Mm-hmm. I the, the strikeout thing is encouraging to me because that's the biggest question I have with him. I think he's going to hit for power. You know, mm-hmm. how much is just going to depend on how well he adjusts to major league pitching. Right. And um. You know, right now, like, yeah, spring training is whatever. The home runs is meh. But he's, he's you know, he's not – he's walked twice, which is whatever. I don't really care about walks in spring training. It's just six strikeouts is nice. It's only 22 at-bats. And I think the other thing – I can't see it on here. I'd be interested in seeing what positions he's played. I can tell because, you. And you, I would love to know that. Yeah, because so he played second base in the Northeastern game. Okay. Um, but since then, he's played third base five times and first base four times. That's before today when he got in at bat. I don't know where he played today. This is also something that's in the um, uh, what's it called? It's in the gamer no, the game notes every day. Four report. The, no, 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 no. The actual game notes that the Red Sox put out. Oh, I see. I like see. They put innings played per position, gotcha. so I can pull that up while you're talking. Gotcha. Yeah. No, because I I just think with him, it's you know if he I think. He's gonna. He's got the potential. He's got a major league quality bat. I don't know how good it's gonna be, and I think how much, how you know, how high a ceiling is at the plate depends on how where his hit tool develops. Mm-hmm. But oh, he has played second base in a real game. I'm sorry, but continue. so the question is now defensively. You know, where is he gonna fit? How does he fit with the Red Sox defensively? So, and yeah. Devers is raking right now, and I think everyone is yeah. predicting well, he's gonna have a really good year. And we've all true. we've said all along. But I don't think he's third base. And so to see him playing this much first base and second base and hitting is very pronouns. interesting. You said you don't think he plays third base. You're talking about him and Yeah, Devers. sorry. I, I don't believe uh, Chavis is a the long-term answer at third base. I think Got Devers it. is that. So, so Chavis, he's going to have to play somewhere else. And yeah. In games that count, uh, has tw- entering today, had 24 innings at third, 19 innings at first, four innings at second. Um, yeah. That doesn't include the innings at second against Northeastern. I believe. Yeah. So, so he probably, and he played that entire game. So that's seven more, but yeah. Yeah. But it does, I mean, whatever. I don't care about the Northeastern I, game. I think it's you're just, right. Yeah. yeah. The usage is interesting. It's because the way he, he impacts the team this year would be if barring injury would be coming up later in the season as an impact bat off the bench, who can play a bunch of different positions and plays, you know, three or four games a week and pinch hits. And if he can prove to be, you know, a viable option for that. That's a very interesting guy to having as you're at your disposable is kind of a wild card come, you know, June, July, whenever. I mean, it's kind of a, a, a different version of Steve Pierce, I think is a good comp for him. You know, I mean, he's not necessarily, I mean, Pierce is more of a primary first baseman who has been forced into a little bit of duty at second and a little bit of duty in the outfield as kind of the third, second, first. And I would love to, I had a radio hit on Friday. I think, and I said this, I would love if they started getting him innings and left. I get you can do one thing at a time, right? You I agree. I, I, left think he, I think he will. I think he will start playing the outfield in Pawtucket this, you know, you this think spring. Think in Pawtucket this spring? Yeah, I think so. I just, I think the thing is to get him to second base 
passively I mean, in the major This is the catch-22 with him, though, because he's like not a great defender even at third base. So it's like he needs the reps at third base. He needs them at first base. <laughs> he needs them everywhere. So I mean, yeah. if you look at our, our roster projections this year, and it's been kind of an interesting thing, right? Because you've got Chavis in Pawtucket. You've got Josh Ockamy in Pawtucket. So that's first base. At some point in theory, you've got Bobby Dahlbeck coming up. You've also got non-roster invitees in the Pawtucket, potential Pawtucket roster and Tony Renda. You've got a 40-man guy in Zoe Lynn, although he's going to play short. You've got Sam Travis, who needs to get reps at first and in left. You've got Chad DeLaGuerra, who in theory you want to get. I mean, they like him enough to give him a non-roster invite. I get that he's at the very bottom of the real depth chart for second base right now, but in theory you want him getting reps. Um you know, getting Shavis reps to second base also kind of helps get all of these guys playing time. So that's kind of an interesting thing too. Good Um, point. But you know, I mean, obviously Shavis is going to be getting the priority reps. You know, the presence of Tony Renda is not going to keep Shavis from getting reps anywhere. Uh, But yeah, I I think it'll be interesting to see how they move him around in Pawtucket, how he reacts to it. Um, You know, but that's the question everyone seems to have is, well, but where's his future for the Red Sox? We've talked about it in the past. You just delved into it. Nothing should change. As, I, as I've said on our forum and as I've said on, on Twitter and as I said in this radio hit the other day, last year's spring training leader in home runs was Sam Travis. He had six. He had nine during the regular season. Um, and he had a very similar line to Chavis's where Chavis has six home run, four home runs. He's got six hits. You know, I mean, that's the thing. When he's hitting balls, they're going far. But, you know, he's kind of starting to slow down a little bit. Let's pump the brakes a little bit. The best hitter in spring training last year was Christian Vasquez, arguably, and he had a brutal year at the plate. Uh, I forgot about Travis last year. Yeah, well, and meanwhile, last year, Mookie Betts started 0 for 16 in spring training, and he won the freaking MVP. So. Yeah. I mean, spring training, spring training the, stats. The, don't I think the biggest takeaway with Chavis is kind of what I, what, what I mentioned at the top, just the fact that he's healthy and out there. That's mm-hmm. the key for me, and we'll kind of see what happens from there. But I just – it's nice to see him out there. It's a good thing that it's a good problem to have for the Red Sox, frankly, if he just carries us over to the regular season. Because as we've talked about, you know, they don't have a lot of depth in the upper minors um, right now. And so if he can, like, I mean, they have, okay, th- that's not what I meant to say. I worded that poorly. They have depth, but it's kind of like, meh depth, if that makes sense. It's, it's like, it's roster injury depth. It's like yeah. it's injury depth. It's, it's not, not the like next injury, man. It's up, not yeah. like yeah, exactly. Thank you. That's well yeah. said. Because it's like if I'd call up Sam Travis, but at this point we kind of know what Sam Travis is. Mm-hmm. Like they don't have a guy who, let's say, you know, Steve Pierce gets hurt, a guy that I'd be comfortable like throwing in there, and someone who could you know ignite the team or you know give them a spark. I think Shavis could potentially be that type of player if mm-hmm. uh, you know he stays healthy, obviously, uh, sometime yeah. in the second half. Another guy that could potentially give them a spark and who the manager has maybe talked about giving them a spark this year is Darwin's and Hernandez, Ian. And in, uh, in seven innings, over three appearances, he's allowed no runs on four hits, four walks, more than you'd like, but he struck out ten. He's opening some eyes. He's basically continuing what he was doing in the Arizona Fall League last year. Yeah. This is interesting to see. No chance. I mean, I was asked the other day if he might break camp with the team. I think we can agree that's not happening. No. Um, for a guy who could potentially start, I don't see any chance of that happening. I, I think he's opening the door to opening the year in Pawtucket. I don't think that'll happen. I think the door is opening. Mm-hmm. I still think I'd like him to go to Portland 
to start because he's never started in Portland. He was a reliever last year when he was there. Yep. But, I mean, what do you make of, of Darwinson? I mean, he's shown potentially two-plus pitches, I think. Do we agree on that? Um, what are you seeing? He's, definitely, he's worked on his breaking ball for sure, which is a good sign. Cause that was always, you know, kind of the question mark, um, was how are the secondary pitches? The curveballs looked really good from what I've seen. Um, the slider he's also throwing, he's throwing the chain. He's throwing all four pitches, which I like to see. Cause obviously mm-hmm. that was kind of the downside of seeing him in relief last year is he didn't need to use all his pitches. Mm-hmm. He only needed to throw two of them really. So I, uh, it's definitely encouraging though. I mean, but we're seeing it's, this is kind of like what he is like. The stuff is electric when he harnesses it, but there'll be times where he's just going to have an inning where he walks three hits two and gives up a grand slam. You know what I mean? Right. And that's just going to happen. That's like, and I think that's something that's going to happen, you know, throughout his career, he's going to be prone to like a blow up inning at times. Cause he's, he'll just lose his release point, loses delivery, you know, something will get out of whack and then it kind of will go, but he'll be fine after that. Yeah, and I mean, you, you, well, you talk about the quote from Cora the other day where he's like, you know, there were some really good pitches in there. This was after his second appearance. There were also some non-competitive pitches yeah. that major leaguers aren't going to swing at, and he nope. needs to not do that. Yeah, you can't waste pitches in the major league because big league hitter, or excuse me, yeah, big league hitters, they'll run up your pitch count. They'll force you to throw strikes eventually. And that's why I agree with you that I, he definitely needs more time. He needs more seasoning. You know, he has, I don't I don't have it on me. Uh, he pitched 11 innings. No, excuse me, six innings in Portland last year. Like, he's barely sniffed the high minors at this point. He needs... Sig- five sig- appearances? Sorry. Yeah, five appearances, six innings. He needs reps against advanced uh, advanced hitters, and he still hasn't even tried once to turn the lineup over, you know, in against a high minors team. So I think, you know, it's really nice to see him succeeding. The strikeouts, that's legit. Like, we're seeing the stuff is big league ready, because when he's starting these games, he's usually facing a couple major leaguers at least. So he's shown he has the stuff to get out major league hitters. It's just the question of harnessing that and establishing consistency. And that's going to be the biggest question and what's going to determine whether or not he can be a starter mm-hmm. is how often is he going to throw strikes and how, you know, how consistent can he be from out and outing? Is he going to be able to every fifth day come out here and throw, you know, five, six, seven innings and keep his pitch count down? Or is he going to be the type of guy who, you know, he'll, you can't count on it. You don't know what you're going to get. You you might get two innings and six walks, one outing, and then you're going to get seven innings of two walk, one run ball the next, you know, Mm -hmm. it's getting that consistency down and that continue. And the only way that's going to come is just by getting continued reps in the starting rotation, which is why I personally don't, wouldn't consider him for a bullpen role until later in the year. Yep. And in looking again at baseball references, opponent quality metric, his opponent quality has only been a 6.5. Compare that with other guys who've had a similar number of innings. Eduardo Rodriguez's opponent quality has been 8.8. Erasmo Ramirez's opponent quality has been 8.6. So, you know, Tyler Thornburg, who's been getting his brains bashed in, um, his opponent quality has been an 8.4. So that's... You know, yeah. Josh A. Smith has had a 7.9 opponent quality. Uh, you know, these are kind of things. And the other thing, you know, I mentioned opening the door for Pawtucket. That said, with all of these non-roster invitees um, on the that are projected for the Pawtucket roster, they've got a full rotation right now of Mike Schwarren, Chandler Shepard, Erasmo Ramirez, Josh A. Smith, and Ryan Weber. Um, they could bump one or two of those guys to the bullpen, sure. They're not going to keep him down because of that, but just in order to maintain early season depth. I think it might make sense to bring him to let him go to Portland, shove for a month, you know, and then move him up if you want. If he forces your hand, make him earn it. I agree, and um, he's someone who well, obviously I don't think we'll see. He, we won't see during spring training since he's pitching with the big club. But he'll he, be. He could be down by then. 
if they want him to keep starting because at some point as the major league starters ramp up, you have to send minor league starters down to an or, in order to stretch them out. So True. Who knows? That's a good I mean, point. you could like a Mike Schwarren could could be down by then. Um, yeah. I mean, you know, likely the guys that you don't care about getting the innings they need to are like the Webbers, the Smiths, the yeah. Rosmos. Um, but yeah. you know, if they want him to start, they're going to need to sit. I mean, like Denny Reyes is on the forty; he'll be down by then. Yeah, because they're going to need him to stretch. Yeah, out. I was just going to say, like, he's one of the guys that I'm most interested to see early in the year when it when he comes, because yes. obviously we haven't seen him start against the high minors, so that'll be interesting. But it's, you know, it's encouraging as we've said the system is down, but there are some bright spots, you know, some intriguing guys going forward. Both, you know, there's not necessarily those high end prospects right now, but if Darwinson Hernandez takes a step forward and shows he can be a starter, he's someone that you will see on those midseason top 100 lists, and you know, and probably quickly establish himself as the top prospect in the system. So. It's going to be interesting to see where things go with him this year. Right. Is there anything else that you've seen out of spring training? I mean, the other the other guy who basically made some kind of waves, I, I guess, is Bobby Dahlbeck. Um, you know, he had a big home run early in camp where I mean, everyone was impressed with his pop. And we're just kind of like, yeah, we know. We've been telling you that. Uh, why, why is Dahlbeck not showing up on here? Here he is. Oh, I guess... Was his home run against Northeastern? His home run was against, yeah, it was against Northeastern. Northeastern. I can't even get the stats page to work right now. <laughs> well, but, but if you sort by home runs, it's going to say zero. That just that's no, no. I, I, sw- I switched to the pitchers. So oh yeah. So I've got so Dahlbeck in in fourteen games. He's five for twenty three, which is not all that different from Chavis, who's six for twenty two. Um, he's got a double and eight strikeouts. Eight, eight, eight strikeouts and twenty three at bats is still a lot higher than they'd like to see it. Um, I think he's showing a little bit in the games against major league teams, this is what Bob, bad Bobby Dahlbeck can look like. I'm not going to say we're down on him for the same reason. I'm saying you can't worry. Again, Mookie Betts started over 16 at spring training last year. This is Bobby Dahlbeck's first major league camp. I'm not too worried about it. It's opponent quality of 6.8, which isn't great. I think it shows he needs to go back to double a Portland to start the year. I don't, you're not going to, I don't think you're going to see him in Pawtucket to start the year. He's going to start the year in Portland for me. And he does have things to work on. I think it's very possible Bobby Dahlbeck doesn't even sniff the majors this year, and that's not necessarily a problem. Does that sound right to you? Yeah, I agree. I mean, I think the the you said the strikeouts, and that's always going to be a concern with him. He's he's still walking, which is fine. Whatever you don't know who you're facing in spring training, but it just it reinforces, as you said, that he needs more reps. Mm-hmm. Um, but I also think he's shown some bright spot. He's been pretty good defensively from the games I've watched, which yes. obviously hasn't been all of them, but. I've liked what he's he's been able to do defensively. And that's kind of reinforcing though what we said that, you know, he gets a bad rap as a bad defender at third base for whatever reason, but he's actually played fifty-eight innings at third base, which is the most of anyone I can call listed on the the uh sheet here, and he doesn't have a single error there yet. And right. so um and that's something that, you know, that's kind of consistent with what he is like. I'm not sure he's like an he's not like an, a plus plus defender or anything, but I think he could be a above average to plus defender at third base. And he's got that the arm to be able to back it up. Yeah. And when you combine that with the power potential, even if he doesn't necessarily reach his ceiling with the hit tool, it's still a very interesting player. But it's just how good he can become depends on the hit. And that's going to take time to develop and needs a lot more seasoning. For sure, for sure. But yeah, I mean, maybe next time we get on this, we'll have more stuff out of Major League Camp to talk about. But those really seem to me to be the highlights. Um, so maybe what we should do, Ian, is move on to our preview of our trip. So what we're going to do here is we are going to pick each pick one player at each position. 
um, who we are interested in seeing in minor league camp. Uh, again, just for those of you who don't really know, is the backfields are where minor league camp occurs. So it's, it's a separate thing from major league camp. Uh, but at this point, the major leaguers are not working out on the backfields anymore. They're working out in JetBlue Park. And the minor leaguers are out back. So the minor leaguers, uh, you know, they all go out. They take up five, four or five fields. They're split up into, quote, Pawtucket, Portland, Salem, Greenville, Rookie Ball. Um, I guess they call them Lowell. And those are not saying that's not saying that's where those guys will be, because, for example, right now in camp, there's like 60 guys and a bunch of those guys are going to come down and fill out the Pawtucket roster. If, if you go to our projections page, you know, most of the Pawtucket roster is in Major League Camp right now. I think in, in our projection, there's three of the 25 guys are not either for on the 40 man or non roster invites. Um, so a lot of those guys will come down, bump a lot of the quote Pawtucket guys down to Portland so on and so forth. So as camp continues, as guys get optioned out of um, major league camp or get, you know, reassigned, things kind of shake down all the way down to the, to the rookie levels where, you know, you wind up with the teams that are more closely associated with what you'll be seeing. And that's part of why we go a week later now than we used to, right? And, you know, we would used to go this week, this coming week, which was kind of the first week of camp, first week of games. But what you'd have guys get reassigned after that. You have guys who get released. It's just kind yeah, of yeah. People better. are all over the place. Yeah, it's kind of a little bit better to see a more realistic picture of where guys might be for the purposes of our going down there. So we're going to go through each position and maybe each pick a guy. Ian, um, I mean, do we start a catcher or do you want to maybe start a little differently and start a pitcher? Um, how do you want to work this? I think we, we start a catcher. Let's just yeah. Do let's it. start a catcher. So the good old fashioned way. Yeah, yeah, why not? Um, each picking a guy and maybe just spend less than a, a minute or so on, on why you're interested in them, Ian. Um, I see some guys that you might be interested in here, just having been down at the fall instructional league, maybe. But is there anyone in there who sticks out to you who you're interested in seeing? Uh, yeah, I think for me, the guy I'm most interested in seeing is Jonathan Diaz. Okay. Um, he was in the GCL last year, hit 261, 317, 402. So it doesn't really stand out, but in only a 92 at bats mm-hmm. as a 19 year old. So he signed late. And he was just someone that I I saw briefly in instructs, but uh, some people who I trust that were down there longer saw and uh, were kind of interested in. And, um, even though he wasn't playing games, he was just working out, but he showed a little bit of little bit of uh, ability at the plate. Um, not a lot of power, but just like a good swing, some projection in the frame and uh, showed off a good arm behind the plate. So uh, he's the type of guy that, you know, I haven't necessarily seen in games and spring training provides that perfect look because we know he's going to be playing and, you know, we'll get to see him two, three games, hopefully. Yeah. So he's, sure. he's one for me that I'm definitely interested in. Yeah. You know, I'll go a little bit higher up. A guy that I'm interested in seeing is a guy that I've, I saw last year, but with a terrible sight line in Potomac. And that's Roll Donnie Baldwin, because he's still something of a mystery to me, even though he played all of last year in high A Salem. Um, in part because of injuries, but I also really want to focus on his defense because I don't really have a definitive answer on can he stick behind the plate? Uh, you know, the hitting, you know, maybe he can hit, maybe he can't, but we get a lot of questions about it. And I think this gives us a good opportunity where you are right behind the plate. You are closer than you will ever get in a game situation to yeah. seeing a guy, especially a catcher who's literally five feet in front of you behind, you know, between you and a chain link fence, like it's a high school game. 
Um, so that's something that I'm really interested in focusing on is Roldani Baldwin's defense. He was a guy that we had ranked, I think, in the top 30 at one point last year. I think he was um, like Justin, maybe Justin, maybe 30 or 35 range. Yeah, Might have yeah, been yeah. Justin's side. I thought he was top 30 at one Might point. Might have been. He, he definitely was because I think he was a candidate for top 20 at one point. We didn't put him up there. But, um, you know, last year in Salem, he only hit 233. And the OPS was in the 650 range. You know, and part of that, I mean, he only played in 53 games, so he was hurt. But, you know, I want to see what he can do behind the plate. Um, some, I don't know if you have any honorable mentions, Ian, without really going into them, but I want to see what Cole Cottom last year, the third rounder last year, or sorry, fourth rounder last year looks like. And I also want to see what Eli Marrero, um, the switch hitting catcher that they took in the eighth round, looks like. Um, those are two other guys I'll be keeping an eye on. Anyone else should be keeping an eye on? Uh, yeah, those would be the two main ones. And then maybe I'll, I could toss like Lane Milligan in there. Uh, he was someone who mm. was at Instructs, um, but and I saw him with Lowell, but he was playing center field. Right. See what he and looks like also a catcher. Plate. So it's just catcher center field, guys. It, it's just interesting to it's me. It's really weird. It's really weird. Yeah. Um, yeah. So I think that's that's pretty much the catcher situation. Uh, do we want to go first baseman or do we want to just do corner infield? Let's do first base. Let's go okay. position by position. We're doing, quick. We're doing a good job being quick yeah that sounds good um i guess at first base i'll go first it's a really easy one for me i'm sorry to steal this from you but it's pedro castellanos vote for pedro <laughs> but it's it's just i mean like we always like we talked about he's a big guy he's gonna hit bombs during spring training just get get ready for it <laughs> but i want to see why he only hit one home run all of last year i don't get it and i, I want to see if there's a swing path thing <laughs> Nobody I just, gets it. <laughs> it doesn't make any sense and i want to see you know, the difference in the swing path between batting practice in the morning and in game, um, you know, really yeah. kind of focus in on what looks different. Yeah, no, it's, it's, it's definitely I'm going to be I want to get video of like from open side during both situations to be able to compare them because it makes no sense. Like I saw his his BP during instructs was among the best out of any of the guys there. And they had some big power guys there. He was just dropping bombs. Yep. And then you see it in the game. He just. It's just line drives. And so, yeah, it's, I, he, he, he's an enigma still to me. Like he's someone that I could make a case doesn't belong in the top 30. And you could probably also make a case is like a borderline top 20 guy. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Like it just, it, it, it's just, he's such a weird prospect because he, he's, I mean, his career average is well over 300, but he also has like four career home runs or something or yeah. six as a six foot four, 230 pound first baseman. So yeah. Right. Anyone you're looking else at otherwise? Um, it's probably boring to say, but I think the obvious answer is Tristan Casas. Um, he only, you know, he only got what four at bats last year. I saw him in instructs. Um, definitely was very intrigued and, uh, just be good to see him get some more reps and see what he looks like at the plate. Yeah, I think that sounds about right. I'd also, I haven't seen Devlin Granberg, who was a senior sign last year that you've said you've liked relative to that. Um, I'd like to see what he looks like just because I haven't seen him play. Uh, but yeah, I forgot about Casas. We've got we've got Casas listed with the uh, third baseman, so good call yeah. on that one, Ian. Um, I guess let's then go across the diamond to the third baseman. Um, who's your top guy to check out? I think I know who it probably is going to be, but um, at the at the hot corner, uh, Danny Diaz. Okay, I, what I, did you think of the video that um, that our our our, our uh, we were able to catch on the internet? Was that Chris Smith that posted? Yeah. It? Yeah. Uh, he, he looked better than in the stuff I saw in the off season. Did he really? 
I mean, I think mm-hmm. it's hard to tell, frankly. Oh, the op- um, yeah, yeah, I know what you're talking yeah. about. Yeah, um, he's, he's a big one of the guys. He, he's a big guy, and he's always going to be a big guy. But as I said, I think I've talked about before on here, conditioning is my concern with him, mm-hmm. and because he's, I love looking. He's listed at six one one seventy. Now he's he like, was dwarfing Nick Decker in one of the photos that Chris Smith took. At he's listed at six feet two hundred. He's like six four two thirty two forty yeah. probably. And that was and, actually we we had that, and that was pretty consistent in every every one of his scouting reports across all the sources yeah. this off season. Yeah, so I just want, I want to see what he looks like. I want to see how his his athleticism looks because even at like he was big last uh, during instructs, he still moved pretty well. Mm-hmm. And like he was, they signed him as a shortstop. They obviously moved him immediately off right. the position, but right. he has like you know he was a good enough athlete to be a shortstop until he was 15 16 years old so mm-hmm, mm-hmm. i want to see what he looks like i want to see how he's moving i want to see how he looks at third base cuz he actually looked pretty good at third base when i saw him there i mean so i want to see you know does he have a chance to stick at third or is he ultimately going to be up at first base what does the swing look like um how's the approach kind of you know is he starting to develop an approach cuz there's just you know it's a lot of swing and miss right now but yep. There's just a lot to see with him, and he's like the prototypical type of guy that spring training is a great look on because he's not going to make a full season team most likely. So no, he definitely this will be the first there's, the first time the only time we'll get to see him in games up until uh, this summer. So yeah. yeah, yeah. I mean, you just look at the depth they have at third base unless they make trades. There's no room for him in Greenville, um, and that's why I mean, obvi- you know, the really obvious guys for me to say right now, Ian, would be Brandon Howlett and Nick Northcutt. Obviously, because they're top 20 guys, because Howlett overperformed what we thought he would do last year. Northcutt maybe a little bit underperformed based on the bonus that he got as an 11th rounder, um, <laughs> you, over 500 grand. But you know what? I'll, I'll, I'll throw you a little bit of a curveball here. I know here. you're going to say. Do you? Tanner Nishioka. I am going to say Tanner Nishioka. Yeah, I know. And, and, I know you, Hatfield. Well, but, but and here's the reason. It's because we get a lot of questions about him with good reason. He hit 322, 401, 512 last year as a 23-year-old in Greenville. He wasn't young for the level, but he 300, 400, 500 season from a guy who had 300 at-bats. You know, he wasn't the primary third baseman to start the year, but he worked his way there. He had 11 home runs. This is a senior sign out of Pomona Pitzer, which, I mean, I don't know. If, we've talked about what Pomona Pitzer is. It's a D3. It's a fake college. It's a, it's, well, it's not a fake college. No, it's, it's, no. it's a fake school because it's two schools. Um, yeah, no, I know. It's, I want to see what the hell's going on there. I don't yeah. understand why. I want to understand how that happened. Because well, I saw him in Lowell and he was just like, I mean, yeah, it was fine. He was an interesting like, guy. You know, yeah. yeah, he's like, he's like a low minors or depth guy, but. Uh, yeah, I, mean, I want that, to see what the hell that was that's about. Green, Greenville and some of the Sally League parks are good hitting environment, but that's pretty consistent. You know, if across 300 bats, you're hitting three, four, five. That's a very interesting. So yeah, he's, he's another one that I definitely would be a, get a decent look at. And that's another thing that spring training looks on the backfields are good for really is like these guys who we didn't get to see. And it's like, is there something there or not? Is this something we should be paying attention to? Or is this a one year blip where we're never going to hear from a guy again? I'm not saying either one of those is Nishioka, but you know, there are plenty of guys who, you know, all of a sudden just rake in Greenville and everyone's like, why, why don't you have this guy rated higher? And we're like, even got that happens with guys in Portland. I mean, I remember getting a tweet last year out of spring training where there was a guy who had had a great year in Portland the year before, and we just didn't love it. And we were just like, Oh, you're, you're doing this guy dirty. Like, like, like anybody cares, um, you know, whether we have a guy ranked in the top 30 or in the top 60. And that guy basically went out and performed the way we had him ranked because we had seen him in person. And I, so I, I, we haven't really seen Nishioka in person. I want to see what's, what's up there. 
Um, let's move over to second base, Ian. Uh, second base, a little thin for me. Uh, you know, what I want to say actually is I think this guy will be back in minor league camp by, by the time we're there, but I want to see what the deal is with Chad De La Guerra. Because he's a guy we've talked about on here a decent amount because in 2017 he had a pretty good year. Last year he got a kind of surprising promotion to Pawtucket, and I think you just looked at his stat line based on the face you just made. Um, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> in Pawtucket he had a sub-400 OPS in 22 games. He yeah, I didn't see him in Pawtucket. I only saw him in Portland. 10 hits and 73 at-bats. It's about as bad as I've seen a guy that we've been in on at all perform – I think it was just way too aggressive a promotion. We were stunned. They pushed him all the way to Pawtucket. Yeah, he had 190 at-bats in Portland. And when he went back to Portland, he hit 266, 343, 462. Yeah. I mean, you know, it wasn't a great line, but it was still, it was better than he'd hit there the year before in terms of an OPS. He hit for a lot more power. He had 15 home runs in 80 games. I want to see if there's there's something there. It was interesting where he still got a non-roster invite this year. It was his second time getting one. I think he got one last year as well, right? I want to see what the deal is with, with Chad De La Guerra and whether he's a guy that we can still, maybe he could still at least fill an up and down role or has that ship sailed? So uh, at second base, that's where I am. What's, what's interesting for you at second base? Uh, I would, as you said, it's pretty thin, but uh, I would say Brett Netzer mm-hmm. um, just cause he's someone I didn't see last year. Yeah. I had seen him in, in Salem a few times and, and, you know, is there enough power there really is the yeah, question. Right? Cause like we know he can hit people love the makeup, you know, it's just great makeup. Has he changed the swing path at all? Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. what's, what's that looking like? Is he driving the ball better? Cause as you said last year, I mean, in 481 at bats, which is more or less a full season, he had two home runs mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. at just this day and age. Isn't going to cut it. Yep. Yep. How about on the other side of the Keystone and it's shortstop. Anybody you're keeping an eye out for? Um, yeah, I guess the answer is Anthony Flores, just because he's, he's <laughs> cool. Um, he's cool, did you say? Yeah, no. Uh, <laughs> he, Flores, obviously, I, I saw him last year in Instructs, and I was very interested and very intrigued. That caused us, we moved him up into the top 10, and everyone has pretty much followed suit in the offseason lists with that. And uh, he's someone that you can dream on if he all puts it together. Like you're looking at a potential everyday shortstop and they don't have a lot of guys who, you know, I would throw potential everyday roles on position player wise, Mm -hmm. but he's one of them. Um, And he's interesting to me too, because it's not necessarily like he's not raw in like most of the, you know, 18 year old Dominicans you'd expect to be. Mm -hmm. He's actually a little more polished. His game is right now. And it's so for me, it's just, you know, how is he progressing with his, development you know how does he look at the plate um how's he looking in the field what's his conditioning like things like that are what i'm going to be looking for because he's you know he's already six listed at six one one ninety. and when i saw him he's was pretty you know there was a little projection but not a ton so it's not like i'm looking to see if he's going to you know be jose Vadicio and add 30 pounds in the offseason that's not a concern with him it's well, more just you know refinement and uh seeing what getting the reps frankly because he had what four at bats in the gcl after his promotion and missed a bunch of time through injuries so right, yeah right. he's the one for me yeah he's got to stay healthy um just to clarify a couple things you said there um flores venezuelan that's what I meant. Nope. And um, you meant Vinicio. What you meant? What for those who didn't remember, Jose Vinicio is his nickname was Skinny Vinny, and he basically they signed him at sixteen, and he probably had the exact same body when he left as a minor league free agent. He was a guy that every year we were like, maybe this will be the year he comes in, gained you know twenty thirty pounds, and it never happened. And just now, yeah, and it, yeah. you can't blame. Him. And they gave him a mill. Like yeah. he was like one hundred and forty five, hundred and fifty pounds. He was very skinny. Yeah. 
He was skinny, Vinny. Um, I mean, yeah, for me at short, I, I mean, there's a lot there. Uh, you know, just as, as an honorable, honorable mention, Andre Cologne, because I loved him in camp last year. He kind of was a guy who stood out to me a little bit. Did not have a very good year last year. And in fact, he got, I think, demoted from Lowell back to the GCL um, during the Lowell season last year at the, at the very tail end. I want to see what, what happened. I want to see th- that kind of year-to-year change. Um, and also really quick, I want to see C.J. Chatham, whether in fact he has kind of changed that swing path a little bit to add more power. You said he is hitting for a lot more power and instructs than he did during the season. I want to see if that carries over to this year after an offseason. Um, so that's that's where I'm at. It's short. I think we should honorable mention Zhu Wei Lin because he's raking in the big league camp right now. I don't think he'll be back down. No, no, I just wanted to shout him out because right. you didn't mention him earlier when we were talking true. about the uh, the, mind, the guys you know performing in camp because he's still technically a prospect somehow. Yeah, true, true. Um, let's do center fielders and corner outfielders. Okay. Center field is pretty – well, I mean just because, in part because, I mean, center field is one very obvious um, guy. Do you want me to leave him for you? No, there's two. There's two, so you can take one. Oh, there's one. two? Oh, okay. Yes. Well, I mean, so the, the really obvious one to me is Gilberto Hernandez. You've, Jimenez? You've seen him. Jimenez. God. Sorry. Gilberto Jimenez. Um, I, I want to see him. I haven't seen him. I want to see what the package, the total package looks like. Um, we've talked about him on here. I, I want to see what he looks like after another offseason um, of being able to work at his craft. You know, he's been switch hitting for a little over a year now. Um, I, I want to see him because I haven't seen him before. Um, he's a guy that we've jumped into our top 20 that some people, some other lists have done that. Some haven't. I want to see what the hype's about. How about you? Uh, Nick Decker, second round pick last year. He's they're playing him in center. I don't, I'm not sure he's a center fielder, but that's yeah. part of why I want to see him is I want to see, do I think he can stay in center? Right. Right. And, uh, I kind of want to see what his athleticism looks like out after a off season in a professional strength and conditioning program Yep. and kind of just see how he looks. Cause I, I liked what I saw in instructs, but again, it was, you know, Got to see 12, 13 at-bats, and it'd be good to, you know, add another three, four, five games in to this, uh, to kind of like the sample of what I've seen from him and kind of hone in on what I think he could be, what's the ceiling like, and where do I think he's going to start the year, which is probably Greenville, frankly. But, you know, just to confirm, that would be nice. Sure, definitely. Um, how about corner outfield? I'll let you take the first pick there. Uh, Corner outfield, there's a lot of guys mm-hmm. that are kind of interesting. Um, one kind of obvious think- one to me. I, there's yeah i would say there's two um okay. the number one for me would be uh jaran duran or jaran duran i just like like the first way because it rhymes um but uh he was someone who we were probably i think we were in on really early just because we saw him in lowell and were very impressed and then mm. he left us behind in lowell which was very sad and went to greenville and just raked even more yeah. and um he was someone who he wasn't playing during during instructs, but scouts were impressed with him just working out on the field, which is usually a good sign. Right. And uh, he's someone who I want to see what he looks like in the outfield because that's the biggest thing for me because they have him playing right field still, and he's actually gotten into some big league games, which is kind of interesting. Um, but I want to see what he looks like in the outfield because I think he needs to play. I want him to play center because of athleticism, but they have him playing right right now. Yeah, we'll have to and I love to in big league camp. Yeah, I kind of want to see what why that's the case. And uh, well, I think you said it in your in your scouting report of him, which I just edited, which is that the sight line. Is yeah, used I, to playing I, second base. I think that's what it is. But I also am wondering if I I want to see if he's actually doing any work at second base or if they've completely abandoned that idea. That's just something I'm interested to see. Yeah, that's interesting. I've never seen a plus plus speed guy who can play. Yeah. So that's that's something I'm uh, really interested in. 
Um, yeah, he was the really obvious guy to me because I want to see what it looks like, you know, how fluky it may or may not have been. Um, one guy that I'm really interested in seeing is, uh, is Angel Maeta, presuming that he's up. I would assume he was. Was he at Instructs? I can't remember. Yeah, he was. He, ha- he was arguably, other than Jimenez, one of the best performers in the Dominican Summer League last year. He had a 320 average, uh, no home runs before triples. I want to see what is going on there. And that's another chance. For, you get to see these guys who come up from the Dominican Summer League, whether or not they were in an instructional league, um, and see what the deal is with those guys. So I want to see what, what Angel Maeta looks like, um, whether they bring his twin brother Jesus up, uh, you know, what, what the difference is between the two. Uh, I, I kind of want to see that, not being able, having been able to. Um, honorable mention, I'd say Tyler Dearden and Tyler Esplin, the two guys who were in Lowell last year who we've talked about uh, plenty. Uh, yeah, Dearden would have been my next. Yeah, Dearden just, you know, and plus can he stay healthy? Uh, he had kind of a back thing last year, right? Yeah. The thing, I, mean, I want to see, assuming he's back in minor league camp, what Bryce Brentz looks like. Yeah, I love Bryce Brentz. Out of, out of just morbid curiosity. Um, you know, the boy is back after another year, and I want to see, can he contribute? Is he a legit depth option? So, and I, I would just throw one more in is uh, Marino Campana. Mm-hmm, just mm-hmm. he hit a bunch of home runs in Greenville, and he's really big. And I just mm-hmm. just be interested to see what he looks like because I don't think there's anything there. But just want to reconfirm or check that out to see if yeah anything's has changed. Swing, has the swing and miss cut down a little bit? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, um, starters, Ian. Maybe let's take two starting pitchers. Okay. Want to go high minors, low minors? Um, high minors, low minors. Okay. Uh, Defining high minors is anyone who pitched in Salem or higher last year. Okay. Uh, starters, do you want to snake draft it? Or, all right, I'll go one with first. Uh, my number one would be Alex Scherf. Mm-hmm. Um, I want to see what the velocity looks like. I want to see what the secondaries look like. I just kind of want to see what he looks like after having an off season. Mm-hmm. another off season where I think he was healthy the entire off season and kind of see what he looks like from there. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Definitely. I mean, we talked about the interesting work he was doing at driveline in a recent the, episode, the velo stuff. The, yeah. Mm-hmm. So it would be interesting to see. Yeah, definitely. Definitely. Um, to me, uh, you know, other, I, I, let me put it this way. Tanner Houck and Brian Mata are obvious. I want to see what Cutter Crawford looks like. Um, and I want to see what Denny Reyes looks like, but I just want to see what, allowed them to be successful in Greenville last year. Um, you know, Reyes, we've talked about. Cutter Crawford seems to be getting left behind a little bit by Reyes. But, you know, last year in Greenville um, – oh, sorry, I just clicked on Nick Duran for whatever reason. Uh, where's Cutter Crawford? Oh, I did I, – I clicked on the right guy. It's just his link is wrong. Crawford stats, please. Okay. Cutter Crawford, last year, I mean, in Greenville, 112 innings, 120 strikeouts, 34 walks you know, a whip that was 1.23, but then he went up to Salem and got hit around a little bit more, but still 37 strikeouts and 31 innings. Is it just the, the cutter, um, you know, that he throws that was, is that enough in the lower levels of the minors that he's just blowing guys away with this one pitch or what else is there to the package? Um, I want to see what the deal is there with Denny Reyes. I want to see, um, I guess if we're going to snake draft this, but Denny Reyes, I, I presume he'll be down at that point. It seems like he's going to be one of the first guys optioned out of big league camp just because he needs to get stretched out, and they're not going to be able to give him the innings to do that necessarily if he's there um, too much longer because you've got guys who are going to Portland and Pawtucket. I mean, he's going to go to Portland, but guys who are going to go to Pawtucket who need to stretch out as well in big league camp while also giving the major league guys more time to stretch out. I want to see what allowed it to work. I mean, yeah, okay, high pitchability, great. I want to see what 
is it just the command profile is that good that with four average pitches, it works? Um, I, I haven't really seen him ever, honestly. Um, I think I might have seen him in spring training last year, and I just wasn't wowed by it. But I want to look closer and see what it is that allows that package to succeed. So um, starting pitcher for you, uh, Mr. Ian, sir. Um, I just did that I'm, wrong but because we were yeah, doing levels, but whatever. Yeah, I'm going to go way um, – well, you way, went with Scherf, who wasn't even high minors, so... No, I was doing low minors first. Yeah, okay, fair enough. Oh, well, whatever. I was doing Dude, low minors first. Okay, fine. So, uh, my other low minors guy is going to be Brian Bellow. Mm-hmm. Um, he was someone who... Uh, I didn't see it in Strucks, but he pitched after I was gone, and uh, oh, was pretty interesting, him. and uh, he was apparently interesting, and he's just like kind of like a young, intriguing arm who had a really good DSL season last year, and then came up and dominated in his one appearance in the GCL. But at 19, so it's like how much of that yeah. is just age relative to level, right? Correct. But he's just, you know, he's a, he's one of those low, mi- low minors, intriguing arms that uh, okay. I haven't seen, so I want to get a look mm-hmm. at him. Right. Yeah, that's fair. Uh, a guy I want to see is one that you have seen is Chase Shugart as well. You've talked, we've talked about him yeah, on the podcast. I want to see what the stuff looks like after an off season. I want to see what the stuff looks like starting in longer roles. Cause he's really only been held to three inning roles after signing. Yeah. Um, anyone else you want to mention on the starter side? Uh, well for the high minors, um, I would say, uh, just, uh, the guys you mentioned are interesting. And then how for me, just cause I didn't get to see him last year other than spring training. Yeah. I got to see him. So up. I, I want to see what so he looks like. Yeah. Um, now that he's reverted back to his pre, you know, 2017 or his 2017 and before, uh, model mm-hmm. for sure. For sure. Um, how about bullpen arms? Uh, you know, I'll, I'll start. I haven't seen Jack, Zach Selinger, Zach Schellinger yet. Um, I, I, you guys saw him last year and were underwhelmed. Turned out he probably wasn't he was healthy. Hurt. He was hurt. Um, last year you saw, did you see him in Lowell or did we just get reports on him from Greenville? I saw him in spring training. We got reports on him from, and then he was oh, you hurt. You saw him at Instructs. I said, no, but I saw him in spring training. Then he missed a bunch of time and then he came right. back and then he was really good in Greenville, had reports, and then I saw him at Instructs like three times, and he was really good. Right, right. So I want to see what it looks like, whether he's a guy that we should bump up. I think it's entirely... Honestly, Ian, more than anyone else in spring training, Zach Schellinger might be the guy who could move the most based only on what we see in spring training. Oh, absolutely. He could start anywhere from Salem to... I mean, he's going to start in Salem or Portland, but I kind of want to see him start in portland just because he is what he is and the health is such a big concern i'd rather he is pitching against you know more advanced hitting more advanced competition excuse me but i don't not sure that's going to happen because he barely he got what 10 appearances in greenville last year so it's like yeah Yeah. i mean if you think about it i mean the thing with with um well what i was referring to was rankings is he could move the most in the rankings based solely on what we see in camp um, because he's a guy we have him ranked right now. Yeah, at twenty five. He's twenty five right now. If he shows two plus pitches and the ability to at least control them with pretty good, like with average command, what's the difference between him and Travis Lakins? Not like, much. Travis Lakins has more pitches, but he doesn't have two plus pitches. No, it would just be proximity. Right. Right. So yeah. I mean, I could see him easily jumping ten spots, and I don't know that I would say that about almost anyone else. We would see. <laughs> Yeah, he's he's yeah. definitely he's going to be interesting to see what he looks like. Although the thing with Challenger is health. So. Yeah, and so that'll be the question: is he even pitching? Which we will find out yep. shortly. Reliever for you? Uh, I had it. I just clicked off the page. Oh, Yohan Ibar. I just want to see what okay. he looks like as a pitcher. I mean, I've seen him as a pitcher, but I want to see 
what kind of steps has he taken or progress has he made in his first full off season since his transition from uh, hitting to pitching? Because mm-hmm. obviously, you know, in spring in instructs and in Lowell, when I saw him, he throws really hard. Yep. He doesn't really have any idea where it's going and he doesn't have a lot of feel for his secondary pitches. But, um, and so let's see what's kind of happened now that he's had a full off season and, you know, spring, part of spring training, working with the coaches and everything to see what it looks like. Yeah. And by the way, at least as far as an honorable mention, I mean, obviously we want to see Durbin Feldman. It just kind of goes without saying. Right. I mean, there's it's correct. A- Wasn't he supposed to pitch in the big league game today or is that tomorrow? <sighs> today, I think he didn't pitch today. I looked at stats already. So that's what I was wondering. Well, let me see what the game notes today said. This is riveting, riveting radio. Uh, I just see Feldman likely to pitch in a game this weekend, so that's all I know. Yeah, um, so the game notes today, he was not listed. Um, but so they only list the, the major league guys, so I guess he wouldn't have been in there. So maybe he'll throw tomorrow? Maybe. Maybe. We're recording this on Sunday afternoon, um, the 10th. Uh, oh, those... so this is the weekend, yeah. I don't know. Yeah, that's yeah. strange. Um, and then honorable mention for me, I would say... Yeah, there's not any. Hey, hmm. Oh, oh. Brewer, but I'm not going to see him. Yeah. Uh, I've got one guy I want to see. He's not a reliever, though. Yeah, I don't know. Go ahead. Come on. You know who it is. Oh, no, I don't. Christopher Acosta. Oh, your who boy. Is, who is I, in I camp. Yeah, we have confirmed course. since the last episode he is in camp. Um, Sox Signatures today actually tweeted at us a photo of him in uniform. Yeah, your boy, I forgot. The white whale. So yeah. I just want to see what it looks like. He, it looks like he, the photo of Acosta that our, our buddy Brian from Sock Signatures took, um, he's standing next to Gregorio Reyes. So presumably he's with the rookies, which makes sense. Yeah, he hasn't um, pitched in like three years. Right, right. So I presumably extended spring training for him, which again makes sense. But mm-hmm. um, I, I just want to see what it looks like if he throws. That's all. Uh, that's a very good point. Yeah, because he was someone when we saw as a 17-year-old, he was pretty interesting. And then, obviously, he hasn't pitched down three full well, years. We, we, we had him up at 20 as an 18-year-old. Yeah, because he was raw. He showed interesting feel yeah. and stuff as a 17-year-old, and he got a ton of money. That's a good combo. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, it's obviously been three years, so a lot could have changed in that time. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. But, yeah, that's what we're looking forward to, everybody. Um, and the reports will start coming from spring training. And yeah. Yep. A week on Wednesday. Yep. Follow or, us on Twitter um, at SP Chris Hatfield at Ian Cundall. That's I A N C U N D A L L. Um, let's get to our one email really quick, Ian, and then we'll wrap it up. Uh, our again, our e- email comes from uh, Ian McDonald, who sent this an email that I'm having issues pulling up for whatever reason. And here it is. And he asks, it's a good question. He says, "Hey guys, who would be the top five or so prospects based purely on possible ceiling?" Groom and Dahlbeck at the top. Would Flores and Diaz make the cut? Thanks, Ian. Uh, thanks for the question, Ian. That's a good one. I, I really like it a lot. Um, You're welcome. I don't even like you. Um, so I guess one way, one thing that I would tell people to look at is, you know, on the rankings page, when you look at, at the, at least are the, ma- the main site for the top 20 guys, we have ratings as well as rankings. And it's on a scale where we rank a projection, a floor, and a ceiling. And so one of the ways you can see who should be on there is that, just kind of looking at what we have for guys as ceilings um, and go from there. Um, but honestly, there are nuances within that range, right? So, um, Ian, I guess I'll start with who would you rank on there? Uh, who would you put at the top as far as potential ceiling? 
and uh, let's go from there. Maybe I don't know if we want to each do five guys or just kind of talk about where guys should slot. Um, yeah, this isn't necessarily in any order, mm-hmm. but the, the five that kind of jumped out or stood out to me were Casas, Groom, Darwin's in, uh, Gilberto, and I was torn on Dahlbeck versus Flores for the last spot. That I let sounds I, about right. I was probably probably I mean I, I, I we should probably leave Groom off the list frankly just because he's who knows because he's hurt right now well, and I'm gonna mm-hmm. so I'm gonna cheat and do that and then just have both Dahlbeck and Flores on the list. Okay, fair. I mean because I, I guess that kind of depends on what do you mean purely based on ceiling? Are we ignoring injury history? Right. Because well, yeah. Ignoring injury history, Jay Groom might be number one for me. Yeah, but the he's thing on is, the list. Even his. Uh, even with his, you don't know his his ceiling rating. I guess that we have from right now is only a six it's because a that guess. has to bake in the injury history. Well, and the thing is, we, we don't know. We've never seen him pitch since he came back from Tommy John. We don't know what the stuff is going to look like. Not all pitchers make it back from Tommy John. Obviously, mm-hmm. you know it's a lot higher success Not rate. Not all than infielders. Look at TJ Rivera. Well, exactly. So it's like, and I just think like Brady Aiken, for example, you know, mm-hmm. he's now throwing, you know, mid eighties. Like we don't know what groom's going to look like post Tommy John. So it's really hard. Like if we get the Jade room that I saw, or I think you were there too, that we yeah. saw in his last out, then he's the number one guy on this list and it's not close. Mm-hmm. But if he's not that guy, then, you know, he might not belong on the list. So he's such a wild card that I would, I probably would lean towards leading him off right now. Yeah. Um, and that that means that Darwin's is the only pitcher, and I think that's right because, frankly, I don't think they have another pitcher in the system who I would project as above like a back end starter. Mm-hmm. He's the only one I think has a chance to be like a mid rotation starter. Um, yeah. And so ceiling wise, and so that's kind of the cutoff for me. I'm not going to put a back end starter in. And then as for those four position players, they kind of are all unique in their own way. Like Casas. It's just about he's going to hit. I think he's going to hit a lot. And it's, you know, is he a 60 hit, 60 power guy? And if he does that at first base, you know, plays an above average first base, then you're looking at like, you know, like a Freddie Freeman starter kit. That's like a potential 60 player right there. Yep. Um, Bobby Dahlbeck. I don't have any questions about the glove or the power. It's just a question of is he a negative 20 hitter or is he like a 40 hitter? Mm-hmm. And if he's a 40 hitter, then he's probably a 60 everyday regular type. And if he's, anything lower than that he's you know a fringe regular maybe borderline regular type right you know how it's just about the hit tool and then with the last two flores and jimenez it's just straight upside plays um i mean in terms of ceiling i think jimenez is probably higher than flores because if you really want to dream on jimenez like he's just like the toolsy raw athletic outfielder like he can run he can play the field He's got contact skills. He doesn't have a lot of power right now, but I think he, you know, he might run into a little bit as he matures. Like he's just your prototypical. Like you can dream on him being a top of the order, you know, above at plus hit, you know, 70 speed type of guy playing, you know, above average defense in center field, which is an extremely valuable player. Whereas Flores doesn't, Flores doesn't necessarily have that same type of ceiling, but he still has the potential. You know, I, I think he could have four average to better tools, with power being the question, but I even, you know, you could dream of average power too. Like he's just got a bunch of average ish above average tools, which when you take the into fact or take into account that it's, he can stick at shortstop. That's, you know, a very interesting player. 
So he's not, he doesn't really have a standout tool. His is more like the sum of the parts creates a guy with a decent high ceiling. Right. Right. And that's kind of what we've heard on him is it's kind of the, you know, precociousness, not necessarily the dripping with tools type player. Um, a couple of players that I'll add, I don't think I disagree with your five. Um, I think Nick Decker probably deserves some consideration there as a guy with plus raw, um, might stick in center, probably moves to right. Hopefully, um, you know, as a guy who with plus raw maybe has a better chance, a chance at a better hit tool than like a Dahlbeck. Um, we don't know just cause we haven't really seen it. Um, yeah. so that's kind of, I, you know, I don't think, if he's in center, it's more interesting, but I'm just not sure he's a center fielder. Sure. I don't think that's he's fair. Gonna, I'm not sure he's a good enough an athlete. That's fair. Um, I think Danny Diaz, who I think is the only other guy that might have the plus, like maybe, I mean, who knows what the power is? I want to see what the power really is. Um, you know, with the number of home runs he had in the DSL um, and the growth spurt he's had, I want to see how like, is he a different guy than the guy that they even signed. Yeah. Um, you know, but again, those are kind of we got to see him first. So we might have a different five guys. Um, Ian, I do must do us a favor after we go to camp. Email us again if you want um, and see if revisit this has the question. And, yeah. Revisit, see if this it was is a very good question. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's you know, and I think people love to dream on upside. Honestly, because it's more fun than saying like, oh, well, you know, Dahlbeck's got all this power, but let's be realistic about what the hit tool is going to be, you know, um, and I think it's, the, you know, people want to dream on what a guy could become, you know, I mean, let's, but the, at the same time, look, if you'd asked us this, at what point would Mookie Betts have been in this conversation? After that year in Greenville, or when was it? You think even though the year in Greenville and Salem, because after that he went to yeah. Portland and I don't know that he would have been. I mean, I really don't know that he would have been because bets rose so quickly. I mean, put it this way in 2014, which was the year midseason, he became the number one prospect on April 3rd. He was the number 10 prospect, uh, you know, uh, in, in the middle of 2013, he wasn't in the top 20 now. Yeah, but that was the year probably, he broke out. Well, right. But I'm saying this is like in June, he wasn't yeah. in the top 20. Now mm. that said, we, we probably didn't update were, the list. We were probably no. We updated it weekly at that point, which is part part of the problem, I think, because you just got zero. I was guys. part of I wasn't part of the list process then. But I mean, it's also I think we were probably a little slow on on moving him up. So there's that piece of it. But I mean, if you look at the list at that point, it's got major leaguers: Xander Bogarts, Jackie Bradley, um, you know, Brandon Workman, uh, Brian Johnson, Alex Wilson, Christian Vasquez, Manny Margot. Uh, Frankie Montas, that's just the top 20. Um, and you've got guys who, you know, there's some guys who flamed out as well, but it's, it's not a thin list, but I don't know if entering the 2014 season, which is the year that he made his debut, Mookie Betts would have been on this list. So guys can break out and move quickly. That said, don't plan on a Mookie Betts happening kind of probably shouldn't have even mentioned that, but it's just, it's, these things are, are moving pictures. So it's good. It's, it'll be an interesting thing to revisit after spring training and maybe even mid year. So thanks for the question, Ian. Again, if you want to get us a question, we want to talk about what you want to hear about podcast at SoxProspects.com. Ian, I think it's time to wrap this up. Start packing, brother. Start packing your things. Can't wait. Can't wait. Let's get out there. Um, follow us again on Twitter at SoxProspects, at SP Chris Hatfield, at Ian Cundall, which is I-A-N-C-U-N-D-A-L-L. We're looking forward to getting out there and telling you guys what we're going to see. So for Ian and for uh, podcast guest host who's been going in and out of the room and is now passed out on my lap, Firefly the Cat, 
Thank you all for listening. We'll be back at you for the patrons. We'll be all back at you in about a week. Um, for non-patrons, probably be a couple weeks with a big blowout um, episode recapping our trip to spring training. Thanks, everybody. We'll be back at you soon.